Hi, I'm Eric, also known as v 47 from the Ranger Command Power Hour and the Starfleet Escape Podcast. You're listening to another great Four-Eyed Radio product. For more shows, check out foureyedradio.com. It's morphin' time! Episode 45 of Victory Road, a Pokemon podcast on the Four Ride Radio Network. It's now time to catch them all with your host, I'm Kyle, also known as Deadpool Ranger, and I'm Team Galarian Zigzagoon. And I'm Doug, also known as Icky Bully, and I'm Team Fancy Weezing. <laughs> to listen to the show, you can find us on pretty much anywhere you listen to a podcast. That's right, including Zoom Marketplace. Yeah, mm-hmm. even there. Yeah, yeah. This podcast is brought to you by Revenge Lover Designs, illustrations and design that fit your personality. For samples and your cards, visit revengelover.com. What up? We are back. Yeah. After a little bit of a technical hiccup last week, which honestly, I'm glad we didn't record last week because, well, we just got some news and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Why can't they just be like, here are all the dates that we're going to give you news? Just in advance. Here's a whole schedule. Here, let us just tell you. (laughs) But then it kind of takes away from the surprise of, hey, look. I don't uh, care about surprise. (laughs) I love surprises. I would rather be able to record right away. (laughs) (laughs) You know? But Mm -hmm. uh, whatever, Pokemon, I guess just surprise us. (laughs) Did I lose you? No, 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 no. I'm still here. I'm just listening to you talk. That's that's great. <laughs> <laughs> what is happening? I don't know. What is happening? So what's new in the world of uh, Pokemon <laughs> with you, Kyle? Well, uh, nothing new is going on right now. But this Saturday, I am going to the Pokemon World Championships up in D.C. Ooh, that'll be fun. How uh, how long will you have to travel to get there? Um, It's maybe a three-hour drive, if that. No, that's not terrible. Yeah, no. So, my wife and I were going up there. Nice. Um, I already bought our tickets. It's $10 tickets, and then with the tickets, you also get, like, two packs of Pokemon cards. Like, you can't beat that. Very cool. So what'll that what'll that sort of event look like for you as an attendee? Uh well, I'm gonna be watching a lot of people play Pokemon. Um, but mostly we're just going just to kind of check out the Pokemon Center store that they'll have there. Yeah, because they're doing sort of like a I guess for lack of a better term, like a pop up Pokemon Center, right? Yes. Uh I'm and this is you're not gonna believe this, but I'm actually probably going to buy the exclusive Pikachu plush that they have. What? Are you telling me that you don't hate Pikachu and it's actually your favorite Pokemon ever and that you love it so much? Wow. Not not what I said. Not not at all what I said. I think that's what I heard. (laughs) You heard wrong, sir. Um, Okay, so we have to find new recording software because you cannot hear anything I'm just saying. (laughs) But no, we are... Well, no, they have an exclusive Spelunking Pikachu 
Oh, okay. It's kind of like the mascot for this, but there's also Splunky Eevee and a Splunking Brakeson, which is what a little all... weird. That's yeah, that is sort of weird. How are they choosing to depict Spelunking? Like, does it have uh, a little hard hat with a light on it? Yeah, pretty much. Oh, okay. Yeah. Neat. So <laughs> usually they do like a plush of Pikachu for these events. So mm-hmm. I'm probably going to try and grab the Pikachu one. If there is an Eevee, I'm probably going to get the Eevee instead just because my wife really wants the Eevee. Okay. But I said, if there is no Eevee, I'll get the Pikachu. Yeah. Yeah. Do they have any other sort of uh, event specific items? not that i know of um if they have like pins or something i definitely want to get those because i am a sucker for pins yeah that'd be cool i feel Mm -hmm. like they probably will have some kind of pin right because i feel like they include some sort of event pin when they do the sort of promotional champion decks yeah yeah yeah. so i have to assume those are at the event uh Mm -hmm. in real time yeah so So that'll be cool that'll be really fun but the big thing I'm really looking forward to is Pokemon Go. Anytime that there's a Pokemon Championships, like last year in uh, Nashville, Tennessee, they'll release uh, unknowns. And yeah. the unknowns will spell out the city. So last year it spelled out Nashville. So in this case, since they're in D.C., <laughs> are they going to do Washington? Are they going to do Washington, D.C.? Are they going to do just D.C.? <laughs> I don't know. And it's bothering me. <laughs> You know what like, they should do? They should do Washington, District of Columbia. <laughs> that would be great. It covers a lot of letters. It does. That would be amazing. But yeah. I see, I have a hard time believing that. I think it might they be won't. Washington, D.C. Or yeah. they could go Capitol. I could see them doing Capitol. I could see them doing just Washington. Although I don't know why they wouldn't add the D.C. It's only two letters if they're already doing Washington. Exactly. You know? So but, uh, that'll be fun. I've never, yeah. I've obviously never been to one of the events that has unknown. So that'll be cool. Mm-hmm. And I've already like talked to a bunch of my friends that play Pokemon Go. I'm like, if you need an unknown, I got you covered. Yeah. Don't worry about trying to trade me anything. Awesome. I'm gonna, I, yeah, I'm just gonna be that nice guy who just hands out unknowns like I'm Oprah. You get an unknown. You wow. get an unknown. What a philanthropist. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> nice well that'll be really really cool and when is that again it is uh august 17th uh so this saturday if you're listening to this as okay. the day it got released nice cool well i look forward to hearing about how that goes and sort of more about what the event yeah. itself ended up looking like for you that's yeah. that's awesome i will that'll post be really, pictures really uh to our yeah. twitter account so if you're not following that Make sure you're following us on Twitter. If you don't have a Twitter, create a Twitter and follow us and let us know. Because that'd be amazing. Yeah, if you're listening to this podcast and you don't follow us on Twitter, what the heck? What are you doing? And of course, <laughs> I won't be the only one from the show that'll be there. Uh, our good friend uh, Hassan Ahmed will be there. Nice. Oh, mm-hmm. that's awesome. That'll be really, really cool to sort of like meet up in person and and have a little little mini victory road yeah. meetup. He uh now I have yeah. met him before. He's a really cool guy. So I I know you've met him too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Austin's awesome. Nice. Well, I uh I can't wait to hear more. Um and that's coming up soon. So we should have some updates pretty soon on how that yeah. went for you. And I can't wait to talk about it. Cool.
Nice. Well, I haven't been doing a whole lot either, but I have sort of casually been putting on more sun and moon. So I don't have a lot of like deep thoughts about it because I've been blasting through a little bit more than I mm-hmm. should. Um, but I will say that, you know, I continue to enjoy that series. So I will uh, I'll have to put together some more cohesive uh, and coherent thoughts about it um, when I finally get through, you know, like a significant, significant chunk of it or something. Um, but I can already tell that it's, it's, uh, you know, the first season is what it is. And then it really ramps up after that, which is exciting. I mean, I saw the introduction of characters from the games that you, you know, we, we weren't seeing in the first season. And so that's gotten me actually a lot more excited and motivated to, to actually finish nice. watching that. Nice. So yes. That's really, really been my, yeah, my development. Season two really does um, pick up a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, st- story yeah, wise, yeah, yeah. Yeah, story wise <laughs> is where season two really starts to pick up and then uh, season three which i actually just watched an episode just this morning with my wife um got another yeah. introduction to a character from the game that was kind of like a side character so that was really cool mm-hmm. oh cool nice i think the only other thing um I got uh, from a friend, I got this very cool book and I'm going to reach back to grab it. So pardon okay. my pause. And it is called um, A Field Guide to okay. Canto. Um, so shout out to my friend Katie for getting this for me. It's very cool. It's made by the same folks who, or at least illustrated by the same folks who did a Stardew Valley guidebook. So it's full of a bunch of hand-drawn illustrations um, that are not meant to mimic the sort of original Sugimori art. They're meant to be a bit more like biological, like a, you know, like a field guide that you would go out and sort of sketch I love yourself. this already. And then it has, yeah, yeah, it's very, very cool. I'll have to post some pictures of yeah. some of my favorite, favorite drawings on there. Um, but it's very cool. I didn't even know that this existed um, until my friend got it for me. Um, and I'm like totally, totally enraptured by it just because it's, it's so cool. Like right now I'm looking at a uh, Marowak and that's one that's, that's pretty different. It has like a much more, um, like, uh, more sort of like a dinosaur lizard type body to it, which is very okay. cool. Um, and that's just kind of how they all are. Like they're just a little bit more, you know, uh, I guess natural to our real world, mm-hmm. um, than like the in-game yeah. universe um so like dodrio is like a three-headed <laughs> ostrich you know what i mean See, i love that yeah, i, so I stuff love like that. um stuff like that because it's just what makes me so fascinated with pokemon the most um i keep saying you know if pokemon were real i'd probably be a pokemon biologist which is weird because yeah. i'm not even like an actual biologist i i hate the subject but when it comes <laughs> to pokemon i'm so fascinated by the biology of pokemon Come on, real world animals, right. get more interesting. <laughs> well, that's good because that's something we're going to be talking about in this episode where we're going to dive in a little bit to uh, two Pokemon yeah. species. Uh, quick question but for first, you. First, on the cover, yeah, does yeah. it have an Articuno Zeptos Moltres on it? Sweet. It I does. found it on Google, so I am going to check that out later. There you go. Yeah, yeah. But before we get into our own sort of Pokemon biological research, um, you had already alluded to the fact that we got sort of a little mini news yeah. dump uh, last week, which was, like you said, good timing for us because it, it allowed us the opportunity to 
to talk about the latest news um, in a bit more of a timely manner than we would have uh, had we recorded um, earlier. So uh, I guess we should just dive into that a little bit and talk about what we thought. Um, there's maybe like a handful of things they announced, but some very exciting yeah. things they so, announced. Uh, before we get into this part, though, I just want to say like uh, there was actually a Pokemon leak. And uh, we don't usually report leaks because, you know, they're leaks and you never really know if they're actually going to be accurate or not. So you don't want to report on them. Yeah, rumors aren't really news because, like, anybody could start a rumor. And we tend to lean more towards So there was a Pokemon leak (laughs) a couple weeks ago that it actually stated, you know, there was going to be another announcement on August 7th. That part was right. And Mm -hmm. they listed off a couple of things that were going to be announced. They said they were going to announce four new Pokemon, which, and like, I mean, like, new, new Pokemon, not like Galarian forms new. Um, so that didn't yeah. happen, but they did mention that there was going to be two new Galarian forms, but it was supposed to be for two different Pokemon than what actually got announced. But they did mm-hmm. mention that there was going to be Galarian forms, and then they said like two new evolutions were going to be announced. Yeah, I mean, I'll say this though, like the, that stuff, they're all easy but, guesses. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then you look profound mm-hmm. if you're right. Like... I don't know. I, I that's why it's hard for me to take a lot of like well, leaks and rumors super seriously because it's not that hard to guess things that we've already yes. seen. You know, like we've seen Alolan forms, so it's not hard to imagine that we might see Galarian right. forms. We've seen new evolution, so it's right. not hard to guess that. If they had and there and there have been some some wild predictions, um, those ones, I mean, if those end up being right, credit to you. Um, if they end up being wrong, respect well, for being gutsy. You know thing. what I mean? Like <laughs> they actually did get right the character names of the two new characters that we got, and the evil team name right, and their motivation. So yeah, the leak was partially right. I don't know if uh, they just maybe we will get that stuff later, but as of right now, they got half of it right, if you will. Just not the half I wanted them to get right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And yeah, like you like said, maybe the rest of that will be, you know, right later. But uh, I, I'm I've yeah, I'm I'm yet to be impressed by the rumors and leaks and stuff. I just it, part of that is I just don't pay that much attention to them. I saw one the other day that was just like absolutely mm-hmm. bonkers. Um, and I only sort of like skimmed it because I was like, if this ends up being real, like I don't want to know right. ahead of time. But I'm also curious to see if the people who are leaking stuff are accurate. And this one so far was like half, if that accurate. So I don't know. That's the thing that's tough about the internet, right? Is like you have so many rumors and speculations and and leaks that are real and leaks that aren't real yeah. coming from every direction. It's kind of like if you throw enough mud at the wall, mm-hmm. like some of it's going to stick. So I don't know. It's for me personally, it's it's uh, I try not to get like too bogged no, down. I get it. Then, yeah, I get it. I, get I, it. I was just I was just stating that. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So we got two. Well, three new Galarian forms, which is really cool. Yes. So this is obviously one of the things that people were wondering mm-hmm. about. About and um, because uh, one of Alola's characteristic 
traits was that it introduced this idea that there are regional forms for Pokemon that already exist in other places. And I think with Alola, if they only kept it there, I mean, I would have been disappointed, but I also would have gotten it because Alola sort of took on this, not not personality-wise, but at least in the regional forms, this sort of Galapagos Mm -hmm. style um, characteristic where in in the real world, there are Galapagos specific species um, that developed the way that they did because they were isolated. So Alola being an island chain, that's sort of an homage to a real world place. So I'm pumped that we're getting Galarian forms because it means that this is kind of fair game for any future um, generations, regardless of the environment that we are being presented with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, you, know, you said everything. I can't think of anything else to add to that. Well, and... And they're not, this also, this also, um, it opens up the field a bit because they're not just Gen 1 yes. regional yes, variants. Yes, I am you know so I mean? pumped about that. Uh, yeah, and, and I, I, again, once again, I understood why they did what they did with Alola. You were able to introduce something new and breathe new life into something old. So I get why they were doing what they were doing, but if they were going to move forward with more regional forms, I sure as heck didn't want them to only ever do Kanto Pokemon because mm-hmm. that would have been such a bummer to never see some of our either favorites or forgotten species from other generations sort of get a new, new life. And um, knowing that it's not only going to be gen one makes speculation even more fun because everything is on the table you know what i mean yeah which uh uh, so excited so excited we should just say what what they are just in case people are getting their news from us first um we got a galarian wheezing or galarian wheezing it's still unclear exactly how we're supposed to pronounce it but um whatever yeah yeah exactly you'll say it one way i'll say it the other and no matter what our podcast is right (laughs) exactly yeah. What way was um, I saying it again? <laughs> uh, Galarian? Galarian. Which I think yeah. makes, I don't know, whatever. See, I, it, I just ran a harder word than Alolan. <laughs> See, I just say it and I don't actually think about it until I actually have to think about it. I'm like, wait, which way was I saying? It's the same thing with caramel or caramel. I, I don't know which way I say it unless I'm actually paying attention. I don't know. I, yeah. It doesn't, there are Pokemon names that I end up saying wrong until an episode exists. You know what I mean? Like, oh, yeah. It's, it's it's a word on paper. So it's anyway. like uh, Rayquaza. I think I used to say Rayquaza. Yeah, I still hear it both ways. I don't know, yeah. you know, and it, th- that also depends on whether or not you watch the show. If you never watch the show, how would you ever know? You know exactly. What I mean? So plus the show isn't even consistent necessarily. No, it's not. Side note: Here's a little tangent. Uh, <laughs> Ratata. When I was a kid, <laughs> uh, the show said Ratata, and then. Uh, now they have been saying Rattata on mm-hmm. Sun and Moon. So say say everything however you want, everybody. Yeah. And if anyway, someone that if someone tells you tangent. you're wrong, then you send them to us and we'll beat them up for you. With Pokemon battles. Yes. Yes, we will actually <laughs> physically uh, beat them up. We are nerds. We do not beat people up. Yeah, we get we get beat up. So uh, <laughs> so don't don't punch us. Just battle us with Pokemon. Yes. Um. So we got a Galarian wheezing, and I am excited about this for a couple reasons. Okay. One, it looks amazing. It like does. I referred to it earlier. It is a fancy wheezing. Mm-hmm. Um, 
it's it's very cool. So imagine a wheezing. Now it's gray, and all of its sort of like smoky like poofs um, surrounding its 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 body are mm-hmm. like green in yes. color, which make a mustache and a beard for yes. the two faces and which eyebrows. Awesome, and some eyebrows. Yep, um, and then they have these these top hats that are also sort of like factory stacks, which I think is a really, really cool sort of dual inspiration. Um, And then the concept for them is that they are still a poison Pokemon, but they are now dual type poison fairy. Mm -hmm. And their story is that these wheezing in Galar are purifying air. So they intake the poison and then Mm -hmm. they purify it. It comes out of their smokestack as clean air instead of dirty gross polluted air and i love that that's so cool i don't know why that's so entertaining to me but that's such a fun fun idea um and i'm i'm so excited about it i have no idea if this means coughing has a regional variant i suspect it doesn't or we would have seen it yeah um this might be sort of like a raichu executor situation Mm -hmm. which i'm fine with yeah totally cool with it um and it's a dual type we've never seen before. Yeah. This is our very first poison fairy. Um, and it won't be the last uh, new dual type that we're seeing. So Galar has a lot of exciting stuff in store. Mm-hmm. Now, I love the color scheme of the dark gray with the green. It really works. Yes, me too. I like it. Yeah, it I really, really like it. It almost feels like a shiny form almost. Yeah, and a good shiny form. Yes, like one of the good ones. <laughs> Yes, so, yes. I, I'm so pumped. Yeah. Um I I saw this and I was like, I love it already. Like this reminds me a lot of uh, Grimer and Muck from uh, Alola. Yes. The same I was gonna like, say this is gonna be my new Alolan Muck. Like Alolan Muck was part of my team yeah. and part of my championship team, and I never cared about Muck that much before. But yeah. for whatever reason I just really connected with the Alolan Muck. Its story form. is almost the same thing too. Like Alolan Muck just ate the trash and that's what gave it its color instead of you know eating toxins (laughs) yeah i just love that it's an air purifier it's a pokemon air purifier yeah it's it's amazing (laughs) that's so cool Mm -hmm. so good for you wheezing you get yours so the next one which i don't think anyone really suspected but i'm all here for it because here's the thing i've never been a big fan of this pokemon I lo- I feel like I it was a flash in the pan for me. I remember when it um you know when it came out in yeah. its own generation when it was in the game and stuff. I was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool! Like it's such a cute little guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but never cared that much about the full line. See, I like the first one and then didn't care that much after it evolved. See, I never cared now for I, care. I never cared for this line. Um, I've always liked the uh, Johto version better. Yeah. 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 Uh, but anyway, so so we're talking about Zigzagoon and Lanoon. Yeah. So finally breaking away from the Kanto. Super happy about this. So I can't wait to see what else we get. Um, hopefully some Johto variants. That'd be amazing. That would be so cool. So Zigzagoon, instead of just being like this tan and brown, it's now white and black. Yes. It's got stars around its eyes. It looks like it is a fan of the band Kiss. 
Okay, it is unabashedly inspired by the Kiss. band Kiss. <laughs> yes. Like, even its promo art has it sticking its tongue out. Even Lanoon has its ba- yeah. uh, tongue sticking out. It's yes. amazing. So, the uh, description for Zigzagoon is the Zigzagoon of the Gala region move about however they like and never settle down. They're known to inhabit all areas of the region, including fields, forests, and even towns. There is some speculation that the zigzag movements of the Zigzagoon in other regions stem from the restless nature of Galarian Zigzagoon, which is considered to be the oldest branch of the species. Galarian Zigzagoon enjoy battles and will charge at people and other Pokemon in an attempt to provoke a fight. This behavior usually succeeds in starting a battle with other Pokemon, but humans tend to think Galarian Zigzagoon is just playing or showing affection. It seems to cause Galarian Zigzagoon some frustration when people don't get angry even though it's trying to provoke them. I love that this is actually the original Zigzagoon and that everything else is uh, the older or the newer version. Kind of like how they did this with uh, Alolan Executor. Yeah. Yeah, I... um. I didn't think much of that until somebody on Twitter had sort of drawn my attention more to it. Like I certainly read it and I certainly noticed it uh, like that, that was the description, but I, I, I put so little stock in, uh, <laughs> in the Pokedex <laughs> entries, but, uh, Jettymon, um, 2005 on Twitter said, you know, they do have in young goose's Dex entry that it's also not originally from Alola. So there's an opening there that they need to exploit at some point. So they've sort of been laying this groundwork, like you mentioned with the executor also with young goose, um, that, you know, just because we've seen a Pokemon before doesn't make that the original version of it. Yeah. Uh, and certainly not the definitive version of it. So it, it'll be, I'm very curious to see if they do exploit those openings. You know, um, Kevin, that's Jettymon uh, on Twitter. You know, he was saying, you know, they they need to exploit those openings. I don't have as much faith because Pokemon frequently ignores its own lore. Um, but I would certainly like if they took advantage of some of that stuff yeah. in the way that they did with, uh, you know, Alolan Executor. Mm-hmm. And they seem to be doing with Galarian Zigzagoon. Um so lots, lots of interesting mm-hmm. potential. I mean, what is, does that mean? We get a, a new young goose form this generation or next generation? I don't know, but I'd be happy to see it, you know. Or they could just say, oh, young goose and whatnot are from here and they look the same. But then they. Oh, I know. Sorry. <laughs> to so break, sorry to break your heart. <laughs> You're taking my job of breaking everyone's expectations. <laughs> uh. Oh, so Zigzagoon and Lanoon are a dark normal type, so they've added the dark type to them. Mm-hmm. Very Rattata of them. Yes. <laughs> so Lanoon's uh, thing says that it uh, can reach speeds of over 60 miles per hour and can deliver devastating tackles and headbutts. These attacks have yes. enough destructive force to even knock a car away. Yes. But they can also throw Lanoon off balance if they miss. Galarian Lanoon are rash and fearless, and they recklessly pick fights even with opponents stronger than themselves. Their fearlessness, as well as their tendency to attack opponents head-on, make Galarian Lanoon very popular among 
the disaffected use of the Gala region who have nowhere to direct their frustration and anger. Which makes sense because in the trailer we see Team Yell using Zigzagoons and Lanoons. Yeah, they're little punks. Mm-hmm. These Pokemon are little punks. Um, they kind of exist in the spirit of dark Pokemon sort of as yeah. they were introduced to us. You know, dark dark Pokemon are certainly more multidimensional than they were when they first arrived mm-hmm. uh, in our consciousness. But they were sort of embraced as these um, like uh, counterculture type Pokemon. Um, and this is this is sort of in that spirit um, for sure. And these are only the tip of the iceberg because there's a much bigger announcement than yes. just the fact that there are Galarian, Zigzagoon, and Lanoon. Yes. Um, so they aren't just little punks. They are full on rock stars. <laughs> yeah. So one of the cool things I think that actually makes sense as to why this is the first uh, iteration of Zigzagoon and Lanoon is because they evolve. Yeah, they do. And its evolution is amazing. Yes. So they have officially like declared that that Pokemon that previously didn't evolve in their regions that we saw them in first can evolve elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Lunoon is one of those, and it evolves into, like you said, a super cool, and like I said, rock star pokemon we mentioned kiss and lanoon evolves into basically gene simmons <laughs> except we're gonna call it obstagoon because that's its yes. name <laughs> and it's so funny because i i uh you know this was one of my days off when all this news was dropping and i woke up um kind of later than i normally would and woke up and checked twitter because that's what i do in the morning and i was like oh my gosh this is this is Gene Simmons. Like other people are seeing this, right? Like this is straight up Gene Simmons. Yeah. Um, sure enough, that's that's like all anyone was talking about with regards to Obstagoon. There was a Twitter moment about how Gene Simmons is now a Pokemon. Gene Simmons himself eventually replied um, very briefly, uh, but acknowledged uh, Obstagoon's existence. Um, and it's just, it's absolutely wild that this Pokemon exists. Yeah. It's absolutely wild that this Pokemon is an evolution of Lanoon who we have known for a long mm-hmm. time now. Um, everything about this Pokemon is absolutely yes. bonkers. So they actually do give a description <laughs> for why the Lunoon do evolve into Obstagoon here. Mm-hmm. So the Lunoon of Gala region live in harsh conditions compared to those found in other regions with fierce competition against others of their species. Their survival instincts have been honed as a result, leading to their evolution into Obstagoon. Yeah, it's it's similar to the um, similar, but definitely different than uh, the sort of Radata and Radicate version of things, where they are more aggressive because of their environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, which you know, I like. I uh, it's interesting. You know, when when Alola introduced the idea of regional variants, they basically uh, <laughs> they basically introduced like biological evolution into Pokemon, which is very confusing. <laughs> um, but I like that they're willing to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, they explain why Executor is short in Kanto. They explain why, you know, Rattata and Raticate are dark and aggressive in uh, in Alola. And now they explain why Lanoon evolves in this region. And I, I just think that's really cool. Agreed. I think it's amazing. Lore is yes, good. I love Pokemon. Isn't 
good at lore, but when they do it, it's yes, fun. <laughs> I love Pokemon lore. It always adds something, and yeah, I I just love it. Can't get over it. Yeah. Well, I think that was those were to me those were the most exciting bits of news because it's the type of question that we were like, will they? Won't they? Are they going to do it? Are they not going to do it? And it was really just a matter of like. Are they going to say no and we have to move on? Or are they going to say yes and we get to celebrate for, you know, a long mm-hmm. time? Um, so I'm pumped that we're getting those Galarian forms. I can't wait to see what else we get. Um, I think we probably can expect maybe a dozen of them. Um, probably not too many more than that because it's about what we got in Alola was, I think, what, 17 max or something like that. Some like um, that. I don't remember exactly how many, but it wasn't, it wasn't a ton. It was just like a nice spattering. Yeah. Um, and this is our, our first taste. So I'm, I'm into that, but there were other announcements. I don't know that we necessarily need to dwell too much on these other ones. Cause I, well, I, I, uh, I, at least one of them, uh, we got a new Pokemon. Well, right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to ignore them. I'm, <laughs> we should still talk How about them. This one? Um, I, I wasn't yes, going are. to, <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to ignore all the news um, and also our topic and uh, also everything else. So uh, we've done it, guys. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs> no, I'm just saying like the Galarian stuff was the most yeah. exciting, okay. I think. And I and and I don't know that we're going to necessarily talk about mysterious character bead uh, in great detail. Um, but we, yeah, we're still going to mention everything. So like you mentioned that what the Galarian forms were not the only Pokemon announcements we got, the only species announcements we did get, um, a new brand new, totally, uh, different, um, Galarian species, uh, called Morpico or Morpico or Morpico. I have a feeling it's going to be Pico Uh, just because it kind of sounds like a certain Pikachu. Right. Right. Well, and, and what's interesting is, you know, Pikachu is called a mouse Pokemon, but it's actually based on a real animal called a Pika. And um, this is uh, obviously inspired by Pikachu, but I think it's actually more similar to a real, like, our world Pika than Pikachu even is. (laughs) So it makes sense that it's called more Pico. Um, And uh, once again, we're getting a new dual type that we haven't gotten before. So that's very, very exciting. Keep that up, Galar. Yes, and it's two of my favorite types, Electric and Dark. Yes, 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 yes. So it is certainly our um, homage to Pikachu of this generation. We expect it every generation. I personally welcome it just because it's mm-hmm. interesting to see what they can do um, when they are trying to reference something but make it different. Oh, yeah. Um, I, sometimes I've very it. successfully. Yeah. Sometimes not. Um, but it's always interesting to see what they do. I've loved every <laughs> one since Gen 4. I, uh, oh, since Gen 4. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, like, I think Pachirisu is a great homage. Mm-hmm. I think uh, Plusel and Minin are sort of wompy for yeah, me. Same but, here. Uh, you know, your mileage may vary for any given ones. And this is the one for Galar. Um, and it's really, it's kind of a cool species. Um, it does have a form change, but in a new way that we haven't seen before. <laughs> no, we have um, not. <laughs> Right. Morpico is basically the hangry Pokemon and they literally use the word hangry. Um, It looks cute and cuddly and it's yellow and has, you know, a very characteristic Pikachu type face um, when it has a full belly in its full belly form. And then it turns angry and hangry and dark and aggressive Mm -hmm. when it is 
hungry <laughs> and it's dark purple and black and yeah. its face turns almost like a crowbat almost like it's got that angry grimace like angry sort of like growly face to it <laughs> <laughs> which is so funny so it has two forms we didn't really get details on how the forms work outside the fact that one form is when it is full and one form is when it is hungry. I don't know if that is going to rely on a battle mechanism or if it's going to rely on literally feeding it in the way that we fed Pokemon in Alola. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm, I'm very curious to see how that mechanic works. I don't know if it just flips back and forth, if it yeah. has a unique item that um, you have to keep, keep it holding or what. But, I think... Um, in the game, it showed it using a move, and then it switched. I think uh, once, uh, let's see here. Yeah, I think once it uses like so many moves in a game, it switches because it's used up so much energy that it actually does uh, get hungry. Yeah, that would make sense because its description basically states that it's constantly um, expending energy in order to gather an electrical charge. So the more that it would use its electrical charge, the hungrier it would get. It also has a like signature move that changes type based on whether it is full or hungry, Mm -hmm. that sort of, um, hamster wheel style or a wheel. Uh, yeah, that we saw, Uh, of course it's called aura wheel. (laughs) (laughs) Why, why didn't I predict that? Um, but uh, yeah, it changes type based on its form, which is also a, a, a neat, neat trick. More Pico, I see you. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm excited about that one. I think it's very cool. People are already doing very funny, um, you know, fan art of it. And somebody made an incredible, I wish I had jotted down their name, but an incredible reversible plush. Of I saw More that. Pico. Yes. Um, I mean, it's it's stunning what people can turn out in a matter of days. Mm-hmm. But um this is a very fun Pokemon. It's definitely, definitely one of the more, in my opinion, obviously, um, one of the more fun Pikachu homages mm-hmm. um, that we've gotten. And I am, I'm, I'm very excited to <laughs> to see what role it plays in the anime. Like, is this going to be a sort of Jigglypuff style character, or is somebody actually going to have it? Will Team Rocket well, have this Pokemon? Will it be a partner to one of the characters in our? protagonist team like there's so much they could well, do with since it. generation four um almost all of like one of someone out of ash's companions has always had the uh pikachu ask variant pokemon whatever you want to call it so like mm-hmm. dawn had pachirisu iris had emolga um bonnie had dedene and uh sure but one of the cool things about Sun and Moon is it's sort of like throwing all the rules out yes, the window. But uh Softclees does have Toga Demaru. And Team Rocket has Mimikyu. Yes. Although I don't really see Mimikyu as the uh, Pikachu variant, honestly. I always see it as Toga Demaru. It is literally <laughs> But it's not a... a Pokemon that wishes it was yes. Pikachu. It's the most self-referential Pokemon. In the entire but it's not franchise. an electric rodent. Okay. Um, well, I do think that there is potential for this Pokemon to be sort of a comic relief yeah. character, which sort of place it in more of an anti-hero or Team Rocket spot. But I also, because it's cute, could see it being a protagonist companion that has sort of a 
charmeleon role yeah you know what i mean where it like it's look angry so yeah i can see this thing being yeah. like super cute sometimes and then like as soon as like it's time to eat or whatever it starts getting it turns into its hangry mode or whatever and mm-hmm. i can see that being like a recurring thing yeah. like almost every other episode or something like that yeah i um i i there's a lot of things they could do with it i hope they do something fun and something that doesn't get too tired too quickly but um it's also it's also worth recognizing that like if you're not binging a show, those types of gags don't get old, right? So Jigglypuff didn't get old for me when I was a kid because I was watching right. it week to week, but I bet it would get old for me now if I were binging it. So I don't know. I'll have to keep that in mind when we finally figure out how they're going to utilize this in the anime um, because Pokemon still isn't being created for binge viewing. <laughs> so, you know, they, they're not, they're not, they're not protecting their characters in the way that you might, if you were binging stuff. So who knows? We could get angry every single Mm -hmm. episode. I don't know. Speaking (laughs) of binge watching, uh, I meant to tell you this earlier. Uh, You know how I've been watching the Johto series on Pokemon TV. Yeah. Yeah. They got rid of uh, Johto so that they could add the Hoenn stuff. (laughs) They don't. Okay. Pokemon TV. We love you. Sponsor us. We just love you so much, but (laughs) you don't need to get rid of something to add something. It will be okay. Uh, You don't need to Disney vault everything. (laughs) Yeah. Like I was hoping like, you know, they just keep adding series and series and like it's, it didn't even last that long and not even enough time to binge watch the whole thing. Or at least have my, my strategy personally would be to have at least a few consecutive seasons at a time. Yeah, uh, or series rather, because I know the series are broken into seasons. But um, instead of replacing the immediately preceding series with a new one, have two generations at a time or three generations at a time, and then do sort of a a cycle that way. Yeah. Um, oh, but they kept the Kanto like, stuff. Well, they're not going to get rid of the Kanto stuff. No. Let's be real. No, I know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but they also uh, did keep Orange Island, so you're welcome for that. Oh, that's exciting. Very exciting. Um, nice. Orange Island's love. I always will accept Orange Island's love. Um, but uh, but yeah, it, you know, we, there's a lot, lot of questions still out there about the anime and what they'll do. We've gotten literally no information about um, the anime and Galar. We still don't even know if they're going to retain the style. So that's something that'll be exciting news when we finally get it. But mm-hmm. uh, TV on all of that. Yep. So, also in the trailer, we got some new characters. Yeah, we did. Just little tastes. Mm-hmm. Little teeny tiny tastes. The um, the character designs continue to be absolutely outrageous. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm here for. <laughs> Nobody wears clothes that make any sense in this region, and uh, it's hilarious. <laughs> um. And uh, this first character that we got introduced to really embodies the spirit of clothing that makes no sense. Um, I don't know. It, I'm assuming. Is this just bead? Is it beady? Is it? It's not Betty. How do we say this name? It's it's spelled B. Don't know. Like this is going to be one of those ones where I have to wait until the anime or something. Yeah. I'm going to stick with bead for now because to me that makes the most sense phonetically. Um, but if this character is anything like their very confusing clothing, it could literally be like Paul. And I would be like, all right, sure. Um, 
<laughs> we know very little about this character. All we know is that they are a character in the game who is seeking to become champion, that they're endorsed by Chairman Rose. And I believe there was some line about like, um, and may have ambitions or there might be more to their ambition than, you know, I don't know. There's like a sinister, ominous tone to the way that this character is introduced. um, That is, you know, more direct than we've gotten for other characters so far. So expect the heel turn from bead. (laughs) (laughs) And then we've got uh, Marnie. The famous trainer and Galler was lots of fans and a lot of fans. So many fans that they have an entire team in the game with the whole team name. Yeah, Team <laughs> Yell, which not the greatest name I have ever heard for a villain team. It might be the worst name for a villain team. <laughs> okay, yes. Um, but, but it does make the sense. idea of that is fun. Like because they are in a region inspired by England and the and you know the the regions of the United Kingdom to some extent. Um and because they're leaning into the sort of sporty um and and almost hooligan well I guess at now very much hooligan-esque sort of culture of some of that sporting um, environment there. We have team yell, which is basically just like hooligans. Like they're just, they're like, like um, rabid fans of this one trainer as if she is their, you know, football team or their soccer team or whatever. Um, And that's, that's, that's what brings them together. Like that's what makes them a team is that they root for Marnie, (laughs) which is so funny to me. Like, do, will we get fans? We probably won't get fans. Do other people have fans? I don't know. Maybe, but Marnie, she sure has a whole lot of fans. (laughs) Um, I remember uh, seeing the promo art for them and they have this, what is that? Like trumpet like thing you see at like sports games. Uvuzela. They have like a, double one like you blow into it and it comes out of like two whole uh-huh. and i'm just like that just seems double annoying yeah yeah it, it they seem like they're going to be super annoying um and i i'm i i have to be very conscious not to write them off yet because i thought team skull looked super dumb and i actually kind of love team skull <laughs> like See, i grew like a whole chamber <laughs> of a heart just for them because they're hilarious i just like guzma yeah, and, and that was a big part of it. That was a big part of of learning to appreciate Team Skull. But I do, you know, by the time I finished playing Sun and Moon, I actually was kind of like, okay, Team Skull, like you can stay. Like, <laughs> I'm all right with you. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, I imagine Team Yell is probably meant to be even more annoying and irritating than Team Skull was meant to be. Um, but I, I like the concept of that. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fun concept. Agreed. Um, yeah, yeah. So we got a few characters. Not not a whole lot about either one of them. Just that they're both seeking to become champion, uh, like we are, which is pretty normal. Um, I hope that we continue to get a larger cast of characters because I think that that's something that has benefited the anime a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a larger cast of characters. I think it certainly is is one of the things that has drawn, for example, my niece who's seven years old. It's drawn her more to Sun and Moon, the anime, than some of the other ones because there are so many characters. Um, I think the fact that Sun and Moon doesn't have like a 
to- like single token girl is really helpful because it allows them to flesh out those characters even more. Yeah, um, I mean, they even have like it's an equal amount of boys and girls on the team. So yeah, which shouldn't be stunning, but it really mm-hmm. is. Like <laughs> it, it shouldn't be groundbreaking, um, you know, <laughs> character uh, breakdown. But it, but for Pokemon, it certainly is. So. Um, I hope they I hope they keep up with that. I hope that that we have another large cast of characters. Me too. And then we got a couple little bits of news that actually weren't really part of the video, but happened to be dropped on the you know right after in a Twitter yeah. thread. Um, one thing that yeah that they're going to be incorporating into the game is something called Poke Jobs. Um, this is just one of those sort of like game specific mechanics that we see every generation to sort of freshen up the actual game itself um just to vary things and introduce new um training mechanics and stuff like that and we're always going to see something different just so that we don't have the exact same game that we got last time with a new uh style to it so in this case it's poke jobs um they say that in the gala region uh people in pokemon work alongside in various industries and so we'll have the opportunity to basically like uh task rabbit uh our pokemon out for various like gigs very interesting that pokemon is like acknowledging the gig economy (laughs) of 2019 um but uh we only got like a little bit of what types of things they could do. We know that some Pokemon will be better at certain tasks than others. For example, there is a cooking task that um, they show on one of their uh, promotional images or, or I guess screen grabs of the, of the game. And I have to imagine that, you know, like fire Pokemon will probably be better at cooking tasks. Um, fighting Pokemon will probably better be better at like construction tasks, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and, big takeaway from this is that um pokemon will seemingly be able to earn experience from these jobs so it's kind of like sending your pokemon to um what was that aisle called i don't know Um, i ignored that thing oh big mistake what are Um, you doing that was such clutch um and i'm excited too because it'll be like that (laughs) now i ignored that whole island thing and sunny i just wanted to play the story i didn't care about any of that and something tells me i'm probably going to ignore pokey jobs as well Uh, oh my gosh you guys please excuse my co-host he knows not what he's done i know what i've done (laughs) and i saved myself time from boring stuff what about wait 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 okay first off not boring very fun second off um you didn't even use like the bean aisle no you it was just like free beans I, like what am i gonna do with the beans i had nothing to use the beans for <laughs> no i i never you didn't oh come on no. oh my gosh this is i don't even know you <laughs> like that's wild. They 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 perform better when you feed them. <laughs> I I don't care. Okay, Kyle. I, I don't. I hope that you are aware that this was a part of the game. But if you kept your Pokemon very very happy, they would like dodge more moves. They would like um, avoid final blows in the game because they didn't want to disappoint you. They like came stronger in battle like in really really clutch ways i I got that (laughs) i understood that but i just didn't want to deal with all that i just wanted to keep playing the game go through the story and beat the game that how do you think i always beat the game within like a week oh my god i don't i don't do the side stuff and i 
don't talk to people. I just plow right through. Not talking to people thing I can understand, but like, <laughs> that's like half training your Pokemon. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, I think the Pokemon jobs thing looks very exciting. I think it looks cool. Um, and it will definitely, definitely take the place, um, for me at least, of like the stuff that you could do on the additional islands where you could strengthen your Pokemon, get them more experience, um, make them, you know, friendlier to you and more loyal to you and, and, and stuff like that. Um, so I am very pumped for that. I will not be finishing the game in a week. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, and the poke jobs will certainly be part of that. So, uh, look forward to hearing one of us talk about those. <laughs> and by one of us, he means him because I'm not going to do it. The only way wow. I would okay, do yep. it is if it's like one of those, it's mandatory to try it out at first. And then I get like, I'd mm. even do the whole taking pictures with the Rotom Dex thing, unless it was mandatory. Yeah, well, that didn't directly benefit your battles. <laughs> like uh, that, that's like purely like a, like a for mm-hmm. fun thing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, you do you, but uh, this is blowing my mind that you never, ever use those islands even a little. So, wait, did you talk to the, did you talk to the cafe guy at least to like get free healing items or beans? Well, no, because you didn't feed your Pokemon bean. Okay, well, this is this is a conversation for another day. <laughs> my my brain is broken right now, as you can all as you can all tell. Um, uh, so let's just blast through the last piece of news, which you will also probably hate, um, which is that the computer consoles in the Gala region are all uh, possessed ah. by Rotom. And uh, and they're not Rotom decks, but this is something that we should expect moving forward because um, we got Rotom decks in Alola and we now have both um, Rotom possessed uh, computers and Rotom possessed drone like camera drones. So um, I think we can expect lots of Rotom based technology in future generations. Mm-hmm. I don't mind it. I do think Rotom decks, I understand why Rotom decks specifically bothers people. Um, but I do like the idea of Rotom being incorporated into technology in these worlds because it sort of adds to the uniqueness of the environment. Um, and not every single, gosh, crossing my fingers, not every single um, Rotom possessed technology is going to have the same personality as Ash's I hope so. <laughs> Rotom decks. I really do. Cause um, yeah, but, you know, we've already predicted that Rotom decks yeah. will return in Galar. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. So let's dive into something that we yeah. can both get excited about. <laughs> um, we actually decided, um, based on a really cool idea that Kyle had, that we were going to um, try something out that we hopefully will continue doing because it's fun for us and should be fun for others as well, which are deep dives into specific Pokemon species. Um, we wouldn't know what we were getting ahead of time. We would sort of draw them for one another, um, and then we would have to research kind of as much as we could could um, or could stomach um, for any particular Pokemon, right? So um, we have, you know, there's almost 900 or I guess at this point with Galar, certainly 900 some Pokemon, uh, that we could end up getting some of which we like already, some of which we don't, some that we might gain new appreciation for some that we might get tired of. Um, but, uh, ultimately deep diving as much as possible yes. into Pokemon. Um, 
and uh, we recorded our picks mm-hmm. earlier, um, and we will cut our picks in uh, in just a moment. But to explain how that's going to work, we drew for each other, and we each were allowed one veto. So if we saw a Pokemon and we were like, that's not going to be worth it, or I just can't do that one for whatever reason, uh, we could say no once, but then we were stuck mm-hmm. with whatever was left. So um, I guess... We, without further ado, enjoy this time-traveling moment where we picked our Pokemon. See you in a few. Okay, so we are going to actually choose the Pokemon that we are researching. um, Because we don't know what they are yet. And this is a segment that's going to be chopped in. So, yeah, we're doing Mm -hmm. that ahead of time. So that we have time to actually research. So here's how this is going to work. I'm going to randomly generate a Pokemon for Kyle to research, and Kyle is going to randomly generate a Pokemon for me to research. All Pokemon are on the table, whether they are little babies or legendaries or middle children, anything goes. We are allowed once to Mm -hmm. say re-roll, but you have to take the second result if you re-roll. So if you get something and you're like, I don't want to research that, and then you get another one, that's the one you're stuck with. So it's yeah. sort of a risk. Like you kind of play the weight, like the the game of like, uh, it could go any which way. But that yeah, just so, allows for, you know, at least a little bit of like, oh, I don't want to do Pikachu because, you know, yeah. everyone knows But that then one. I can end up with like a elemental monkey. So yes, exactly. Wait, well, do we hate the elemental monkeys? I've um, never been a hater of those, I guess. I don't, I won't say why. I don't want to say hate, but I don't care for them yeah people really don't like them i don't get it but oh well i guess if i get one of them i'll learn why (laughs) (laughs) there you go all right anything else we should add before we actually draw um no i I think you covered it all cool all right right. uh would who should go first um i'll go first okay and generate parasect Parasect. Ooh, I will accept that. I will definitely accept that. Okay, cool. All right, all right. Because I already kind of have an idea of what type of stuff I would look into for that one. Mm-hmm. That's a cool Pokemon. Okay, here we go. Uh, generate. Eevee. Uh, I feel like that's just too easy. Um, Give me something sort different. Sort of a mascot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right, so this one you're going to have to do. Yes. <laughs> yes. Better not be Pikachu. You've got like a <laughs> one in 800 some chance. <laughs> yeah. All right. So here we go. And generate. Ooh, okay. Slurpuff. Yeah, I'll do Slurpuff. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of interesting. That's nice too because we have a, a pretty decent spread. It's not like we both got Gen 1 Pokemon or both got Alola Pokemon. Yeah. So, cool. so awesome. Slurpuff. Let me write that down just in case. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I think you might have the more interesting of the two, but I'm actually really just personally um, excited about Parasect. Yes. So, do you want to include, like, fan theories about these Pokemon, too? Be something a little bit different? Yeah, I say let's just do anything. Like, do a deep dive. You can do Mm -hmm. fan theories. You can do um, sort of uh, Mm -hmm. lore as, you know, as people define it. You can have conflicting stuff. But, yeah, just anything. Mm -hmm. I would say any way you want to deep dive into it. Okay, well, I if you want, I have seen an interesting video about Parasect, if you want to. I'll, let me uh, send you a link to that. No, no, no. I got to dig myself. I got to dig myself. Okay. If I'm struggling, okay. I'll let you know. But uh, okay. You know, we'll we'll. Fair uh, enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we'll see. Actually, it'll be funny if I'm really confident in everything I found. We'll see if the one that that uh, 
that you watched is one that I find anyway, yeah. you know? <laughs> well, cool. That's exciting. I guess, uh, I guess the next thing you hear will be us actually giving our results then, right? Yeah. Cool. We did it. I am. Hi, future selves. <laughs> Hi. Take it away. <laughs> All right, so as you can see or hear or witness or whatever sense you used, um, I ended up drawing Parasect, or I guess Kyle mm-hmm. drew Parasect for me, and I drew... Yes, Lerpuff and I actually did Kyle. use my one veto. Um, I don't... Yes, uh, so you kind of saw how that mechanic worked right off the bat. And there, are, I think moving forward, there are a number of reasons why we might get uh, inspired to use a veto. Um you know, depending on, on what ends up drawn. But uh, I don't know how we want to tackle this. I, I think that I ended up drawing a Pokemon that people probably already know plenty about, um, or at least more about. So I don't know if we want to tackle that one first. Um, or if you have, like, uh, strong feelings on which, which direction, or, like, which one to, to dive into first. Does not bother me. If you want to go first, you can go first. If you want me to go first, I can go first. It does not bother me. Okay, well, for the reason that I sort of speculated or, or, or posited already, um, I will go first just because I do think that having a Gen 1 Pokemon means that there is likely more familiarity. So I suspect okay. that that one will be less um, less new information uh, for folks. So I will I will tackle that one first. Um, All right, so go right like ahead. I was given Parasect. Um, I personally was excited to do it because I think Parasect is a very very cool uh, Pokemon concept um, for a number of reasons, some of which I imagine people are already aware of. But I did stumble across some people who kind of had like a mind-blown moment where they sort of took Parasect for granted and never really gave it much thought as to what it was supposed to reference. So hopefully those listening um, will at least learn something here. So um, Parasect, like I said, was one of the original 150 Pokemon released in 1996 for Pokemon's red and green versions in Japan. Um, Interestingly, Parasect's name is the same in Japanese and English, and it barely changes across the globe. Most countries uh, where Pokemon is published do call Parasect Parasect or some pronunciation variant of Parasect. Um, the only real exceptions are in Iceland and in China where um, uh, Cantonese is spoken. In those cases, the, the names are different um, and very, very difficult for me to pronounce knowing only English. So I will not try. Um, but most places across the globe, it's just called Parasect. It is a portmanteau of the words parasite and insect, um, which I don't think is a surprise. But sometimes you end up running across a Pokemon name where you're like, how did I not think of that? You know what I mean? So I figured I would include it anyway, just in case. Uh, Parasect is a primary bug type. It has a secondary grass type. Um, it's an insect. Uh, the bulk of its physical form is dominated by this huge red and yellow mushroom. Like the vast majority of its body is just this mushroom. Um, and then the rest of it is a little sort of orange bug um, with a very blank expression. It has these white eyes that have no pupils, no irises, nothing like that. Um, sort of a, a dead expression for good reason. Um, shiny Parasect, for what it's worth, are very, very similar to their standard form. Um, if you listen to the show, you probably can predict that I am very not wowed by the shiny form. I think it's very boring. <laughs> um, it's basically just a lighter version, a little bit more orange uh, than the original. Um, and it does evolve from a Pokemon called Paris. 
Um, Parasect's very first English Pokedex entry is as follows. A host-parasite pair in which the parasite mushroom has taken over the host bug. It prefers damp places. And later in the series, that sort of host-parasite pair element um, sort of becomes less balanced. And so you end up seeing in later entries in the series, Pokedex, Pokedex entries stressing more the taking over aspect of it. So in yellow, um, the Dex entry specifically says the mushrooms do all the thinking. In Stadium, it says the bug host is controlled by the mushrooms. In gold, um, it mentions that the habitat is the preference not of the bug itself, but of the mushroom on its back. Um, and, uh, in ultra sun, the Pokedex entry, this is word for word. I didn't, this one, I was not going to cut, um, says the bug is mostly dead with the mushroom on its back, having become the main body. If the mushroom comes off, the bug stops moving, which is horrifying. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is based on a real life, um, phenomenon, uh, it is based on a family of real life fungi called cordyceps or um, tochikasu, which is what they specifically call the mushroom uh, on Parasect's body. It is a real thing and they, they don't make up a name for it in the Pokemon universe, which is interesting. So that mushroom is literally called a tochikasu or tochikasu. Tochikaso mushroom. Um, And these mushrooms do actually infect and control insects and other arthropods. So um, this might be familiar to people who have played The Last of Us, where fungi infect human beings and control their bodies, or who have read the book uh, The Girl with All the Gifts, which I haven't read, but uh, makes reference to cordyceps. Um, You might have seen like footage of an ant that has like a mushroom on its back. Um, and then have that referred to like a zombie ant. That ant is dead, <laughs> and that mushroom is using its body. That's basically what Parasect is, which is wild. Um, I think when people think of scary or spooky Pokedex entries, they think of the ghosts, but this is messed up. <laughs> um, let's see, what other kind of stuff? Um, as far as the anime goes... Parasect first appeared in an episode called The Problem with Paris. But one thing that's sort of frustrating about Parasect's representation in the anime is that it never gets its own focus episode. Um, It's always uh, sort of sidelined or um, not heavily featured. So The Problem with Paris is an episode where um, a Paris is is encouraged to evolve by its trainer uh, so that she can use Parasect's mushroom for medicinal purposes and the Pokemon itself doesn't evolve until very late into the episode. So it's hardly a Parasect uh, focus episode. This is uh, actually an episode that focuses more on Charmeleon being a brat to Ash than it does Paris or Parasect. So it gets kind of sidelined there Um, in another episode uh, called Hocus Pokemon there is a parasect briefly because there's a magician who also wants to use its mushroom for medicinal purposes. Um, Both of those episodes actually have weird Meowth storylines too, for some reason. Um, uh, Professor Jenny, I almost said. Um, There is an episode featuring a professor called Jacuzzi, um, who sounds exactly like Bernie Sanders, side note, um, where Officer Jenny uses a parasect, but that's really it. Um, and then it appears like somewhere around maybe 15 or 16 more times, but never with its own episode. 
Um, it also shows up in, I think, eight of the movies. But again, it's never the focus of a movie. So poor Parasect is always just sort of like off to the side <laughs> in anime, um, which is a bummer because they could have made some really spooky episodes based on Parasect, if you ask me. Um, fun fact, Parasect appears more times in episodes featuring the Alola region than it does in episodes featuring its own region of origin, Kanto. Interesting. Yes, Parasect appears many times in Alola, um, and it's not even because there's like a trainer with a Parasect, because there is not. Hmm. So, yeah, yeah, it is native to uh, Alola, so that is that is part of the reason why it appears so much. Um, and in hmm. fact, it is one of the trial Pokemon in Pokemon Sun version. So it actually gets more of a role in Alola than it ever did in Kanto. Wait, it is? Mm-hmm. In, in uh, Sun, it's one of the trial trial Pokemon. I remember facing it. <laughs> uh, I don't know what to tell you. Maybe it's one of it's, the partners uh, to uh, Lurantis or something like that, but I never got that. Gotcha. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's often sort of paired with... Um, with uh what's its name oh shoot i have it written down too i'm just like drawing a blank well i guess i'll get to it when i get to it but it's sort of a counterpart to another pokemon that was debuted in alola so i think that's part of the reason why too Mm. uh there is a pokemon trainer uh in the adventures manga that has a parasect in her team crystal uh uses parasect in her team so it is pretty heavily featured there um, she uses it basically to help her catch Pokemon because it has a is a, a move called Spore. Mm-hmm. Uh, that it, it, it's Parasect is a good like capturing assistant. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a Pokemon that if you have in your party just to put things to sleep, uh, Parasect kind of serves that purpose. If you're if you if you want to give it a purpose, but other than that, Parasect is really not a good battler. Um, it has massive weaknesses, being both a bug and a grass type. Um, and it's definitely one of the Pokemon that would have benefited from a third evolution or a mega evolution, sort of similar to like a Ledian or, um, uh, Pokemon like that, where they just, they're just very, very, uh, not super battle, uh, viable, <laughs> uh, as I understand it. So, mm. um, let's see, what else did I find out? So into, until the introduction of uh, Shroomish in Gen 3 and other fungus Pokemon, Paris and Parasect were the only Pokemon that could learn Spore. Uh, but now that there's a bunch of sort of mushroom-based Pokemon, uh, they're just one of uh, about a half a dozen Pokemon that can can learn that. Um, and all of those mushroom Pokemon uh, are called simply mushroom Pokemon, uh, like in the Pokedex. Um, and Shenotic is the one that I was trying yep. to think of. Shenotic is of a counterpart to Parasect. Um, And there is, you specifically will be interested to know, some lore speculation as to why that is. Um, So both of them are similar in that they are fungi. They have many identical stats, including their catch rate, their leveling rate, their base stat total, and a bunch of other stuff. They're both trial Pokemon in Sun and Moon. Um, They are specifically described as rival species in the Alola region um, in a similar way to Rattata and Young Goose or Ace of Viper and Zangoose. Um, They are sort of uh, competing species. The speculation from some, although I don't know that this is super strong um, from my perspective, is that Shenotic are actually the fungus that infects... um, Paris at birth hmm. with their spores. interesting, and so 
Yeah, and there's there's another Pokemon that plays into this as well. Um, but the the sort of thought process is that Shenotic spores, which are a big part of its its <laughs> you know its sort of uh, traits, infect uh, newborn Paris, and they grow into the mushroom on its back and take over um, the the Paris and the Parasect. I don't know why they would be rivals as a result of that, unless Parasect had more agency than we're usually, um, you know, led to believe. I guess it could be sort of a, um, like an aggression towards the fungus that's infecting it and trying to take over its body. So I guess that could be part of why they're rivals. Um, but uh, that that gets stronger when you introduce that theory gets stronger when you introduce a little Pokemon called. Um, Sincata, am I saying that right? Um, Nincata. Mm. So let me say that. Let me say that again. Let me, let me do that over, if you will, if you don't mind erasing a little bit. So that theory actually gets stronger when you introduce a little Pokemon called Nincata. Um, if you do sort of the full lore theory, the theory is that uh, Nincata and Paris are counterparts, and Nincata is what happens when Shenotic spores don't infect the sort of newborn whatever you want to call it and paris is what happens when shenotic spores do um the reason for this is that both of those pokemon are sort of based on cicada they both are described as getting their nutrients underground or from tree roots um they have sort of a similar appearance except for the fact that because nincada never sees the light of day it's pale and white and has no coloring to it and paris has some coloring to it because it does eventually um, go up into sort of sunlit areas um, but that's sort of sort of the working theory is that if uh, if a shenotic infects a nincada it becomes a paris and breaks off into a new sort of evolutionary line do you buy it since you're oh, sort of the biologist yeah. the sort of lore definitely yeah oh <laughs> yeah i Oh yeah, definitely. I, I love that. Um, is that one that you'd heard before? Because I actually hadn't. no, I have not heard that one before. Yeah, I do think that the Nincada Paris part of it is a bit stronger. Um, but if you're looking for what in the universe actually could provide the spores that does infect Paris, it does make sense that Shenotic would be the one to consider. I wonder if. Um, I wonder if like uh, Fungus was ever considered to be that Pokemon mm. before Shinotic existed, or if there's something specific that like clicked in people's minds about Shinotic. Maybe because Moralol is literally a mm-hmm. spore. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but uh, that's yeah, yeah. That's sort of like the 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 prevailing sort of like Paris Parasect speculation that I could find is this idea that it's actually related to another to two other mm. Pokemon really. That's really cool. Yeah, and then a couple just, yeah, a couple just random things for folks who are more into the battling side of things um, or the math side of things. Uh, Parasect has a base stat total of four hundred five, which again is the same as Shenotic and probably many other Pokemon. Um, it's the only Pokemon species alongside Paris, of course, that is part of both the Grass and Bug egg groups. So even though it's not the only Grass Bug type, it's the only one to be in both egg groups. Um, it typically will have either the effect spore or dry skin ability, um, and it can have the hidden ability damp. Um, and then let's see, uh, here's a fun one. Paris and Parasect are one of the Pokemon that 
could have received a baby pre-evolution in gold and silver, at least according to the Space World mm-hmm. beta leak. There was a pre-evolution that would actually totally destroy the lore speculation <laughs> because the proposed baby version of Paris was a mushroom with a bug um, sort of emerging from the dome mm-hmm. of the mushroom. So uh, it wouldn't really make much sense, but since that doesn't exist, people can sort of continue <laughs> to, to believe it. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think, I think, I think Parasect is a pretty cool Pokemon. I like the fact that it's based on a real world biological phenomenon. Um, it's very spooky. So I'm into that. I, I really wish here's my one sort of thing that I wish for Parasect. So because Parasect is sort of a terrible battler in the sense that it has such glaring weaknesses, I really wish that Parasect would get a mega evolution where it switches to a grass. Okay. Yeah. Um, drop the bug type, which would drop a number of its weaknesses and certainly all of its dual weaknesses. Um, and uh, if you think about it, even just from a lore perspective, it would actually make sense for that to happen because you would have um, a version of the Pokemon where the mushroom has completely taken over. It's very morbid, but sometimes Pokemon is. Um, and it would basically be a ghost version of, of uh, mm-hmm. you know, the, the art. And there are some cool concept art artists uh, or concept art pieces out there from artists who certainly had that thought. Uh, alongside me like i'm not this is not (laughs) groundbreaking uh by any means um so if you search for some of those there's some really really cool concepts of sort of floating um fungal type pokemon with uh to varying degrees (laughs) of horror uh the (laughs) body underneath it so uh yeah i i i still would love to see new mega evolutions even Mm -hmm. though i know we're not going to get them uh and that's one that i very very much would like to see and i never really gave it much thought before i researched this so um now i have this new passion for uh mega parasect that i wish would exist uh and that never would happen had i not uh deep deep dived i guess into uh parasect that's awesome so that's what uh, i got you did a whole you got a whole lot more info than i did because there's not a whole lot for mine but um i will but i suspect that slurpuff if, bleh, i suspect that slurpuff is a less known yeah. species because it it's not like an original gen mm-hmm. one type thing um it's existed yeah. alongside a bunch of other pokemon for a long like you know like it's it's one of many at this mm-hmm. point whereas parasect was so one of uh, i know nothing about it so when we picked so each other's pokemon i had mentioned to you that i had heard a fan theory about parasect you told me not to tell you until afterwards in case you stumbled upon it oh okay yeah 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 um the fan theory is that it's Parasect's ancestor that is the base model for Genesect. Weird. Why? Because they both have the word sect in them? <laughs> no. Uh, the bo- the bodies actually match up a little bit, uh, minus the mushroom. Hmm. I'll send you the link to the video, and I'll let you judge for yourself. I uh, Just like from memory, I feel like they're not very similar at all but i'm like trying to rack my brain for for similarities even looking at them like 
picture side by side, there's not, I don't see it. I, that's again, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll certainly watch the video, but, uh, yeah, I'm a skeptic going in. One's like literally a robot. Yeah. Well, <laughs> obviously it's, it's <laughs> Genesex thing is that it's an ancient fossil Pokemon that got that team plasma put the, uh, armor on. Yeah, it. I still. That, that's wild. It because I feel like it looks a little bit more like a uh, almost like a Scyther body type, or a, almost even like a Kabutops or something. Like yes, that. but uh, but if you look at the arms, uh, the arms match up pretty well with Parasect. Hmm. Well, I'll remain a skeptic on that one. Yeah. Again, I'll send uh, you the video later. So, anyway, I, I'm willing to say that I buy the Nincada one, but uh, this one will take a bit more convincing. <laughs> All right, so I got Slurpuff. Um, it's the 685th Pokemon. Its Japanese mm-hmm. name is Parorim. Uh, it's hmm. a fairy type, just a pure fairy type, nothing special. It is only two foot and seven inches. It's the average height, and weighs only 11 pounds. Oh, well, I guess fairy type tend to not uh, be very dense, you know. Mm. We'll see how uh, Galarian Weezing is. I think I think even re- doesn't regular Weezing even weigh like a pretty alarmingly small amount? I don't know. I think most of it, because I feel like most of its body is gas. So, anyway, Slurpuff. Yeah. <laughs> so it is the, uh, I'm probably going to mispronounce this, but I hope I don't, Meringue Pokemon. Oh no, yeah. you nailed it. Uh, meringue is a dessert made from whipped egg whites and sugar, which is yeah. probably why it weighs so less. Um, mm-hmm. It evolves from Swirlix when traded with a whipped dream. So kind of cool. Also kind of annoying if uh, you want to slurp off <laughs> early in the game, you know? Yeah, yeah. Its sense of smell is a hundred times better than humans, which is pretty cool because it's also kind of resembles a dog. Which makes sense. Yeah, that was news to me when you mentioned that. Yes, I had I never viewed it like a dog, but now that you say it, like I can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. Um, because its sense of smell is so good, it actually helps pastry chefs. Oh, that's kind of weird because <laughs> it is a pastry, sort of. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, uh, it. There's two things it could be based off of. One is it could be based off of cupcakes. Uh, cupcakes are sometimes referred to as fairy cakes, hence the fairy typing. Mm-hmm. And it could also be based off of a dog believed to be either a Bichon Frise or a Poodle. Hmm. I know someone with a Bichon Frise. Uh, Slurpuff is a combination of the word slurp and puff. And its Japanese name is a combination of Pero Pero, which is an, and I know I'm going to mispronounce this one, onomatopoic sound for licking. <laughs> and cream. Mm, gotcha. Um, it is actually all fur, not actually uh, cream. It's actually made of fur. Oh, wait, what? That's very confusing. Yeah. Why is it called a meringue Pokemon if it's not made of some sort of because like, it resembles one, but it okay. Yeah, it's actually it actually <laughs> has fur. It doesn't actually. It's not actually made of cream or anything. Weird. I mean, that's better because then it won't get eaten, I guess, by just like random hungry uh, people. Like, exactly. Pico, but, you know. Yeah. 
Um, its shiny form resembles a chocolate instead of a strawberry topping. Hmm. There should be like a whole like spectrum of flavors. Right? That'd be cool. Um, I've seen a lot of people actually use these for competitive battles uh, quite well, actually. I saw someone. What's their like advantage, or what is it that they they do? I mean, they've that, got the fairy make... typing, which is pretty good. But sure. I've seen people equip it with belly drum, which boosts all of its stats, and then mm-hmm. uses uh, moves like um, let me see if I can find it real quick: draining kiss or play rough, just stuff that really seemed to be really good. <laughs> Yeah. Huh. That's wild. I never would have guessed that. Yeah. Um, I've never, I never like put slurp off in my team or anything. So I guess I wouldn't know how it performs. Same. So that's interesting to learn. Yeah. Um, uh, cause when I went to go like look up videos on slurp off, see if anyone had any lore for it, I couldn't find any, all I could find were people just using slurp off in competitive battles and just dominating. I was like, wow, this is amazing. That is so unexpected. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's got a, wow. Okay. Yeah. So it's got base stat total of 480. Oh, okay. Um, obviously, because it's fairy, it's immune to dragon. It's resistant to fighting bug and dark. And then it's weak to poison steel. And then everything else is just damaged normally. Yeah. It's a <laughs> signature ability, Sweet Veil, um, which is exclusive only to this Pokemon. And I think it's counterpart from uh, the other version. Which I don't remember its name. At the top, is that the, the perfume uh, like aroma? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, basically, Sweet Veil, you and your ally can't fall asleep. I okay, yeah, that, that's that's good. So, if you're like in a tag battle or whatever, and someone tries to use Sing, you and your partner oh. cannot fall asleep. Mm, now it's making sense, it's clicking. Yeah. I'm seeing it. Okay. And then it's hidden hmm. ability on burden, which just ups the speed if an item is lost, which is kind of a lame hidden ability, if you ask me. Yeah, it's it always surprises me like what um, some of the hidden abilities are because you almost want them to be like uh, like a surprise punch to the face, but a lot of them are just sort of like, oh, um, mm, mm-hmm. okay, <laughs> sure. And uh, it had a major appearance. It debuted in a battle by any other name under the ownership of uh, Miette. So, Hmm. and then I think a male Slurpuff appeared in Rivals Today and Tomorrow under the ownership of Sawyer, who was a rival to Ash. Hmm. I mean, I guess it makes sense that it would be sort of featured in the anime since it was one of the, this is an XY Pokemon, right? Like, Oh, yeah, I guess it would have to be. Fairy hasn't existed very long. Um, so it would make sense that it ends up featured with a number of trainers because that was a whole new typing and um, the the pool was sort of limited and still is pretty limited. So I guess that mm-hmm. makes sense. I shouldn't be surprised that it, that it popped up more than once. Yeah, and it's from the Fairy Egg Group. You don't yeah. say. Egg. <laughs> That's about it. Uh, there's not a whole lot of information about Slurpuff I could really get. Other than just, you know, kind of like the basic hmm. stuff you can get from Bulbapedia and whatnot. Yeah. So if it if it's not made of meringue, 
Does it just smell like a dog? I imagined it would smell good. <laughs> but uh, I don't know if I can believe that anymore. Well, it's here, all for... uh, here's the biology written on Bulbapedia for it. Slurpuff, Slurpuff yeah. is a white bipedal Pokemon. It has reddish pink eyes with white pupils and is usually seen with its tongue poking out of the, the corner of its mouth. On top of its head is a mass of fluffy pink fur with a red sphere on top. On either side of its head, its pink fur forms a spherical shape similar to ears. Uh, around its neck is a wavy red collar, and there is a red spot on the left side of its chest. It has small pink feet and three toes and stubby arms. Slurpuff has an extremely keen sense of smell that is 100 times stronger than that of a human. This allows it to distinguish even the faintest of smells. I wonder what its little um, like left side patch is supposed to represent. Like it feels like it's probably a reference to something, but I'm not sure it what. It could be like a dog tag just hanging off to the side or something mm. from the collar. Because it's close yeah, to the collar. Maybe. Right, right. You know what's funny too is like I remember Slur- like if you when you said Slurpuff or when we pulled Slurpuff, like I had an immediate mm-hmm. image of it uh, for some reason. But if you had asked me in that moment, like what like what does it evolve from? I don't think I would have remembered Swirlix's name or even what Swirlix is. It's literally like. cotton candy. But Slurpuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But for some reason, like I just I had I had a strong recollection of Slurpuff's um sort of uh image and, and vibe, but not Swirlix. And it, it's funny too, because I actually really like Swirlix's design a lot better than Slurpuff's. Um, but for whatever mm-hmm. reason I just didn't remember what it looked I like. I gotta say though, doing this, I I can't wait to play replay a game and actually replay with uh, a Swirlix and Slurpuff. Yo, Slurpuff's going to be your it new fave. Well, not my top fave, but like, no, in the top five. Uh, ultimate fave. No, Sorry, no, it will forever be my favorite. <laughs> I wonder what like a mega Slurpuff would look like. Do you think it would like, you know how there's those Gigantamax, um, like Pokemon mm-hmm. in the new upcoming games. One of them just turns into like an enormous wedding cake. I wonder what like a large meringue mm-hmm. looking dog would look like either as a mega or Gigantamax. Yeah, I don't know. It'd be interesting to see. I guess Gigantamax just is mega evolution. It basically is. With, <sighs> his, with its own Z move, basically. Yeah, that's true. I want uh, maybe Slurpuff would turn into like let, let's go in like the total opposite direction of what you'd expect. Maybe Slurp like Mega Slurpuff would turn into like this really ferocious like <laughs> wolf, uh, and instead of being like cotton candy or meringue, its fur is actually like um, like really sharp, jagged, hard candy. Okay, and it just uh, it just like destroys you with its candy spines. <laughs> <laughs> All That's right. what I'm going with. <laughs> and it wears its tongue like a scarf, which is a totally unique idea that no Pokemon has ever had before. Yeah, okay. Yeah. No one's ever done that. <laughs> Not one. Right. Exactly. That's exactly what I'm saying. It's a totally original idea. Especially the one especially not one from its own generation. Yeah, no, definitely not. It would be super innovative, um, for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you should create Pokemon. 
<laughs> I should. Actually, here's a fun fun story. Um, since uh, I, I I think we're done with our deep dives, right? Yes. So I went to this um, like uh, I guess we'll just call it a party. Uh, it was a bachelor like bar crawl or whatever. But uh, hmm. yeah, uh, and I and I some of the folks that were there uh, were people that I went to grade school with, even though the like person getting married is somebody I met in high school. Um, so sort of, sort of weird and bizarre and very surreal. But um, one of the people that I went to grade school with, I met in second grade and he was telling other people this story. He was like, yeah, Doug um, used to like, Doug and I used to like make Pokemon. And um, you know, back then there were just like 150. So we were always like wondering like, man, what would there, what would it be like if they had this kind of Pokemon or what would it be like if there were more of this kind of Pokemon? And he was like, uh, I, I have no recollection of this, by the way. But he was like, um, he was like, yeah, you made these these ghost Pokemon, and they were so cool. And like, it was just like one Pokemon that evolved into one other Pokemon. So it was just two of them, and their names. And he he thought this was like the funniest thing ever. Um, and I don't know why, because uh, like looking back on it and sort of learning it for the first time, I was like, that's not that cool. Um, but he was like, you called the first one, who knows, and you called the second one, Nami. And then he like laughed hysterically. <laughs> and I was like, I mean, that came out of my brain, and I don't think it's that funny. Laughing <laughs> <laughs> here. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. hilarious. <laughs> so apparently, I was a child genius. Um, yeah, that was like such a weird thing to, to like meet up with this person that I used to like make new Pokemon species and games and gym leaders and regions with. I remember doing it, but I just don't remember any details. And he was like pulling out all these details of like, yeah, we made this one and you made that one. And then we had these ones and this is how the game works. And I like, it was blowing my mind. Cause I was like, I have no idea how you remember any of this stuff. <laughs> the only Pokemon I ever remember making, uh, like I guess fake mon, uh, that I ever remember making as a kid. I remember because, um, it, it basically became a real concept that they used, um, and I always would joke that like uh, they stole my idea, which was a bug type Pokemon that would turn into one of two different cocoons and based on the cocoon that it turned into would turn into mm. one of two unique Pokemon. So basically like Wurmple and its evolutions. And uh, I remember when that one came out, I was like, I thought of this. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I did this first. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, that was such a weird, weird, uh, weird, surreal moment uh, in in my Pokemon brain. Hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, did we miss anything, or is there any other news that slipped through our fingers? Any other Parasect or Slurpuff deep that we want to toss in there? Um, I can't think of anything, but you know, I'll probably think of it like as soon as we're done recording. Perfect. That's the best time to think of it. Yep. <laughs> well in any case uh regardless of what we think of later thanks for joining us now everybody on this wonderful adventure along the victory road for information on episodes and contests or to give us feedback on the show or suggestions of what we should talk about be sure to find the podcast on twitter and facebook at victory road pod and if there's any ugh. and if there's anything in the world of pokemon you know a whole lot about and you'd like to appear on the podcast just let us know until next time, we're headed back to the Pokemon Center to hit the books and learn about more Pokemon. Yeah. Bye. Bye.
production of the 4Ride Radio Network. For other great shows, check out www.4rideradio.com.